The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night. Now, on today's little lecture, hopefully it doesn't turn into another rant, but you know these things tend to happen when I'm talking. We are going to be talking about one of the most essential parts of any Pokemon player, trainer, whatever's journey. The Pokeball. Now, originally, we were going to be talking about how the science of death coincides in the Pokemon world, but people seem to be more interested in learning about one of the most iconic icons in gaming history instead of me talking about dead whales. But you know what? I'll talk about dead whales later. Today, we are going to be focusing on the Pokeball, and it is no understatement in saying that the Pokeball is what starts your adventure. Oh, sure, you can start your adventure and say it's when you get your starter, but you really start your experience in these games when you get your Pokeball, because what you do with those Pokeballs is now entirely up to you. Everyone has to choose from the same three starters, but now you get to choose what you're going to use those Pokemon for. Are you going to use them to build the best team? Are you going to build them to build a cute team? Are you going to build the team just to stomp out your rival because he picked the type that was opposite of yours just to beat you? We know why he chose that Squirtle. We know exactly why he did it, and we need to make him pay. Pokeballs are such a staple to anything Pokemon, and if you ever study marketing, one of the greatest lines I've ever heard is that if you want to make sure that you're making something truly iconic, make sure you can recognize it just from the silhouette. The Pokeball icon, if you just painted that in black, is recognizable to almost everybody who plays video games on the planet. That being said, we did specifically get a request about Diglets and Pokeball, and this idea kind of came from the idea of, instead of just talking about what a Diglet would look like inside of a Pokeball, I kind of wanted to take that a bit further and talk a bit about the Pokeballs themselves. Let's talk about a little bit of the lore behind them, what exactly they can do, what real-world tech is available, and maybe some other things that we can pop them along the way. It's best just to start out and say, I ain't the first person to talk about the science behind Pokeballs. Go ahead. Go to YouTube after this, and you will find videos with millions of views on the subject, and they've had actual physicists on board. All of this is just my take, and I'm keeping my results as pure as possible by not watching any of those videos. It's just my take. I'm not watching any of the Pokeball videos. Scout's honor. Uh, I just wanted to take my crack at it. For many pieces of the game's lore, we know that Pokemon have been captured by people for millennia. Whether it was in stone balls or containers, carved apricots, we've actually seen it in the anime specifically where some Pokemon were trapped for hundreds of years. So we know it's possible to trap and hold Pokemon in containers. We know it can be done. It's just how it became a modernized part of society that's so interesting. In the early days, it was probably just a means of imprisonment. A Tyranitar can reshape the map in a bad mood, or if a Pangoro comes in and decides that your village is now its village, you're going to have to find some way to remove it, and that's probably where the first monks who would eventually become Pokemon trainers came from, or the first people who specialized in just trying to remove these things, so that way you could get along with your lives. Now, as time went on, Pokemon became seen more as partners and less as a disastrous calamity upon the earth, 
people probably started wanting to travel with them. But if you're having a team of an Onyx and a Parasect and you throw in a couple of Dragonites on that team, you got a lot of people walking around with you. You need a way to transport them effectively. That's actually one of the limitations of moving animals around the world in our day and age. Back in the old days, the reason that the Spanish brought pigs to the New World instead of cows was because they were easier to transport. It also led to a massive invasion of pigs upon the United States that we still have not recovered from. But it's important to realize that in that world, it actually would follow the same rules as ours. You need to be able to move your creatures from point A to point B without it being too costly or without them dying along the way. So the Pokeballs probably came about from that necessity. As time went on, they became less magical. They became much more technological. They were able to find a way to take what would be thought as an ancient relic and pack it into a compact size that is able to be purchased in any store. Think about the thriving monopoly that's going on in every Pokemon game where you can go to any store and you can just find Pokeballs for a pretty cheap price comparatively to everything else. They can be found in any corner store and they're capable of capturing some of the most destructive creatures on the planet. Imagine if you were going to go ahead and fight the Leviathan from myth and legend in our world and to do that there's a product at your local Walmart you can buy about 10 of for about 20 bucks, and you can go and take care of it from there. Pokemon not only puts in that these things can capture anything, but you can specialize and target different needs for each Pokeball. Some Pokeballs can heal Pokemon you capture. Others can specialize in catching things by weight or by type. The Dusk Ball literally captures things at different times of the day, like a better capture rate and the dark and I know we like that as gamers when we go into the cave but from a marketing standpoint how awful would it be it's like yeah this really only works good at night like but why don't you just make one that's good all during the day and it's like whoa whoa buddy buddy you can't expect me to just make it work the great all the day this ain't master ball technology here it is important to figure out how these things work so let's just break down what a pokeball is doing bit by bit so according to the game when you capture a pokemon the Pokeball will convert that Pokemon, that piece of living matter, into energy. One of the reasons that you need to injure a Pokemon is thought to be that when a Pokemon is injured, it's going to curl up into a ball. It's going to try and keep itself safe. Because it's curling itself into a ball, it makes it easier for the Pokeball itself to retain it, as opposed to when it's fighting and trying to break its way out. How that works for things like a Voltorb, I feel like a Voltorb should be caught pretty easily, or a Jigglypuff should be caught really easily. Anything round should be caught really easily by this logic, but I'm not here for that fight. So once they are, again, from matter into energy, into the ball, and locked inside, the Pokeball generates what is considered a quote-unquote Pokemon-friendly environment. No one actually knows what that means, and we'll get to that later. Now, once it is in that Pokemon-friendly environment inside the Pokeball, it can then shrink down, and when you need it, it can grow right back up. You can throw the Pokeball out, and before that thing even hits the ground, the sensors will dictate when you're throwing it, and then it will release the light, turn it back into solid matter, and that solid matter has retained all its original characteristics from when it was first put into the ball. So, let's summarize what all that really means. So, a Pokeball can expand and contract in size, convert matter into energy, register the energy signature into the ball, keep the mental faculties of said Pokemon intact while still energy, 
Render a space of some kind where the Pokemon is not only alive but comfortable. Convert that energy back into matter in the same condition that it was put in. Uh, they can be created on such a mass scale that buying them is considered average. Uh, they can be adapted to fit specific needs as well as increased chances of capture. Uh, they can communicate wirelessly and seamlessly with the Pokedex after each capture. And, according to the anime, they can be instantly transported to a storage area if you have more than six. Yeah, that's a lot. Just one of these things would be a scientific miracle, and yet all of these things are packed into this one little package. So, let's go into the deep dive of the real world and see if any of this is possible. None of this is possible. Like at all. If you were looking for some big dramatic twist, like, haha, this is a thing that can be done. No. This is all scientific mumbo-jumbo at this point with our daily technology. The, the hardest thing, the biggest thing for me, is that it can turn matter into energy and then back again with no real harm. Now, this is different from something like teleportation. This is literally turning you into energy and then back again with no repercussion. We don't even specify what kind of energy it is. Are you being turned into heat energy? Are you being turned into microwaves? Are you being turned into gamma rays? We don't know what is going on because it's so ridiculous. Now, can matter be turned into energy? Of course it can. Uh, we use that sort of technology to make nukes. But you can't just put... It would be like putting a nuke back together after it blew up. You are more likely to detonate your Pokemon than you are to capture it if you tried scrambling their molecules and turning them into some kind of light particle. Uh, the second thing that I find more unbelievable than any of this, because in the future, I could imagine that there is some way to turn matter into energy and back again. Oh, yes. I may sound skeptical now, but in our world, eventually, if humans can survive long enough, I'm sure we can find something weird on a quantum level, some craziness. But the fact that it can grow and shrink is what freaks me out. I want you to think of the most amazing piece of technology you own. Okay, think about a Nintendo Switch. Or no, a gaming PC. Gaming PC is better. Think of a gaming PC. If you put it together yourself, you have the processor, you have the graphics card, you have the hard drive, you have the fans you put in, you have the cooling system you put in, you have all these highly delicate and sophisticated pieces of technology. And this thing is a brick. This thing is very heavy. It really shouldn't be moved. Now, imagine if I told you I can make a gaming PC that does all these amazing things that the highest end ones can do. And I can shrink it down to that you can carry it in your pocket and that it's going to be totally fine. And that if I grow it back up again, it's going to have all your memories saved even after it was put back together, after it was grown back up again. By shrinking it and growing it, shrinking and growing, no damage of any kind happens. Everything stays the same. That is witchcraft. So, after we've gone down that, that dark road, let's do a little bit more speculation on the Pokeball. Even though it's not really possible in our world, we can still learn a lot just from the lore they gave us. The material that they used to capture Pokemon must be a mineral or element found in the universe. It has to be something that they can convert the Pokeballs into, some kind of metal that they can forge that is able to convert matter into energy when it receives its own energy itself. So, for example, you wanted to capture a Pokemon in the old days, you'd have to forge a jar out of this material. You would have to use some kind of surge of energy, a lightning bolt of some kind, maybe heat energy will work, something to charge this thing up, and then it will be able to capture a contain Pokemon or whatever else you're trying to capture. 
this material must be pretty easy to come by in modern times, but in ancient times, it was probably pretty hard to get, but it could be used and forged to make containers. And that's what all Pokeballs seem to be made from this unknown metal. Now, if we jump forward a few millennia to the age of electricity, we start getting technology that makes Pokemon comfortable in the Pokeball. And the Pokeball goes from being a container to a portable computer that keeps the Pokemon thriving and healthy. Catching it is the easy part, but keeping it comfortable and happy inside. Now, that does take a little bit of hard work. Now, what's going on inside the Pokeball? My two thoughts on it. One, it's either putting these Pokemon in a semi-conscious state and using the Pokemon's brain to generate a comforting image, or the Pokeball is literally generating the surroundings inside the ball that it perceives is best for that Pokemon. The first one is the easiest since we already put people to sleep and wake them up all the time. My mother is a nurse anesthetist, so she's taught me all the time that you really do want to make sure that when you put someone down, you put them down good. But it is hard work to balance the chemistry just right because too little, they'll wake up during surgery. Too much, and they won't wake up at all. It's a balancing act, and the Pokeball might be able to coordinate just how semi-conscious they keep them, considering how many Pokemon there are out there. That's pretty amazing. The other one would be similar to VR, but plugged into your consciousness. What Pokemon C would be fitting to that individual? Back to the Diglett from the beginning, when you put a Diglett into the Pokeball, the Pokeball would scan it, and then it would give it a dirt area that its mind would perceive as its home. Maybe it's underground, maybe it's right on the topsoil, maybe it's surrounded by food that it would enjoy. The Pokeball is reading exactly what this Pokemon's best needs would fit. Now, we already have people trying to make this technology, putting chips and brain to input information directly. There have been entire scores of animes and media, the idea of plugging your brain into a computer. It's literally the Matrix. People have wanted to do this for a long time, and I do not see a future where people don't try it even further. Uh, the last thing I kind of want to cover, because we are running a bit out of time, is mass production. All of this crazy technology I've been going on about. This is the most believable part to me, more so than any of the others. We have currently going on right now, while you're listening, a global trade network that spans all over the planet. Every plane, every boat, every truck, everything moving to get what you need. We have this network that has not only connected the world through the economy, it has brought down the prices of things and made it so a lot of people can enjoy niche things that would be impossible. If you want to think about just how important that is, I want you to go ahead and go into your spice cabinet. Seems kind of random, but go on. If you are in home, go into your spice cabinet. And what you have there, 500 years ago, people would have literally killed you for what's in your spice cabinet. Things like nutmeg had had violent revolutions. Salt was considered white gold. Because we were able to create a global network of trade, we were able to bring all these seasonings and spices to the rest of the world and connect them. What did that have to do with Pokeballs? Pokeballs seem to be able to not only have all of this amazing technology put into them, but they are able to transport them at such efficiency that they're able to be bought on the cheap. In Kalos, we get to go into a Pokeball factory and see how most of it is automated. I think every region probably has one or two of these factories that meet demand, and I'm wondering if the Alolan region would have more expensive Pokeballs because it's an island and you'd have to either have them shipped or made in-house. 
If they're the same price, we would assume that they are made on the islands. But if they are more expensive, then we can assume they are shipped in, and that cost is reflected in the cost of the ball. Now, if one or two reasons is making them, I think that would kind of be a disaster. Like, it would be horrific if only the Kalos region was making Pokeballs and shipping them out, because what if a legendary decides to wake up and start wrecking up the place? The entire global society would collapse because no one is able to catch fresh new Pokemon to help keep society going, for better or for worse. What if an evil team decides to take over the main offerings in Kanto and decides, well, we are charging a lot more for the Pokeballs, there's really not much you can do to stop us. If you're only having Pokeballs in a few areas, this could get disastrous fast. And we also saw what happened when we don't have the right supply chains working in the last year. When COVID-19 hit, we have seen a massive shortage in a lot of things. There are people who are literally stocking up food at major restaurant chains because they don't know how well the supply chains are going to go from here. Uh, with the massive shortage of PlayStation 5s, Xbox Ones, the 390 graphics cards... I said Xbox One. The Xbox whatever series nonsense that it's out by now. I, I don't, I'm not an Xbox guy, and I forget literally what the name of them. They're really bad at naming things, guys. I'm sorry. Xbox is so bad at naming things. But the massive shortage of semiconductors from the virus was because they couldn't get the supplies out. They couldn't transport them as well. Things shut down because they came from one place, which is why you kind of want to diversify where you're getting your stuff to make sure you can keep things going. And I think that's kind of where I want to leave it here is that this is such an amazing piece of technology that on one hand is science fiction nonsense. Like I've seen some crazy science fiction nonsense in my time from anime and from movies and from television. Oh my, the Pokeball is one of the most amazing pieces of technology right up there with the Omnitrix from Ben 10. I remember that was still pretty cool. But Pokemon and the Pokeball have this connection to our world because we can keep con you can keep looking at that technology and thinking, oh, well, that's pretty impossible, but that's not too far off. Let's go ahead and look more into that. Let's look more into this VR technology and how it might affect the brain or how we can give people different dreams and how that can help people through therapy. Let's talk about how production works and how we can help everybody, not just the workers do better, but also how everything gets from point A to point B. We don't think about the little details in our lives, but this Pokeball, this orb that can literally capture gods, might be a pretty good window into learning more about how you get what you get in your own home. It's not just the Amazon drones making it and dropping it off. There's a lot that goes into the world we make, and hopefully, by listening to this, you guys might understand that a bit more. You understand that the Pokeball, while a fantastical orb, still has some pretty cool ties to our world. Now, as I am wrapping this up, I do want to give you guys a great big shout out, those of you in Tampa, because we are at MetroCon. And by we, I mean not me, because I'm still in Japan. But Don and the others are going to be there at MetroCon. I hope you guys have a wonderful time listening to them. Please give them the same respect you would give me. On second thought, give them more. I know you respect me, CJ. I know you're listening. You respect them. You better respect them, CJ. I swear. Okay, guys. Please. Have a wonderful rest of your day and night. Please take care of yourselves. Please stay safe out there. Uh, we'll catch you guys in the next lecture. Peace!